so ready, set, harvest. That's what we've been talking about for the past few weeks. Um, and I, I want to I wanna take the opportunity. So one great thing that I have really enjoyed about this series is the fact that every single week of the series, we have had a different communicator. Uh, and that is, that's actually been a, a real treat to get the opportunity to get so many different communicators, in, including communicators from in, in the house, that we, we got to hear their take on Ready, Set, Harvest. And uh, it has been a, a real blessing to me. I hope it has been as much of a blessing to you guys as it has been to just hear so many different voices. So I'm going to be finishing it off this week, but I wanted to take the opportunity to, to recap a little bit of what we have heard over the past few weeks. I get it. November is a very busy time. Uh, we're all gearing up for Christmas, right? It, it is not bad to play Christmas music before Thanksgiving. That is my hot take. I know that that might be met with some controversy, but I'm just here to give you the facts. All facts, no printer, all right? All right, y'all. So in week one, we got the opportunity to hear from Pastor Troy, and, and what he covered was crossing into the harvest that God has prepared for us and letting God direct our path and trusting he will take care of us, just like, he, just like the Israelites trusted him in crossing the Jordan River into the promised land. Week two, we got the opportunity to hear Michelle, and she told us about identifying the harvest or, you know, making sure that we see it even whenever it's far on the horizon and preparing ourselves for the harvest in front of us. And then week three, you guys might remember this, go to work, right? We talked all about the work that was needed to fulfill the harvest that God has promised us. So this week, I wanted to talk a little bit about the harvest that we see in the story of Elisha's pilgrimage and in his journey. Uh, and so today we're going to be reading from 2 Kings chapter 4 and got a mouthful of scripture for y'all this morning, but y'all just hang with me, okay? It's going to be on the screen, okay? So y'all can follow along with me. But anyways, it says, one day, the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and she cried out, my husband who served you is dead and you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you? Elisha said, tell me, what do you have in the house? And she responded, she said, nothing at all except for a flask of olive oil. And Elisha said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did as she was told, and her sons kept bringing jars to her, and she filled one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, now sell the olive oil, pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on what is left over. Let's pray. Lord, I, I thank you for the opportunity and the privilege to, to get to communicate 
your, wor- your word, Lord God, and, and just communicate what it is that you put on my heart, Lord. And, and I just ask that, that I would be able to, to share this word, Lord, and that you can open the ears and open the hearts of everyone that has come and, and attended today, Lord God. They're here with reason, Lord. They, you brought them here today with reason, Lord. And so I just ask that you would just open the hearts to hear the word that you have prepared for them. And I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's go back to verse one for a second. We're, gonna, we're going to be breaking these verses down one by one by one uh, and just kind of going along together. So verse one, it says, one day the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, my husband who served you is dead and you know how he feared the Lord, but now a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. Today's message, uh, if we could actually leave that on for just a second longer. Thank you, Aaron. Um, Today's message actually is not about Elisha, but it's about the widow. She needed a harvest in order to pay off the debt that she was in, the debt that she had been placed in. The widow had lost her husband And now she was struggling to pay her debts owed to the creditor. She had reached the end of her rope. She had nothing left. We can see that in verse two, that she had nothing but a flask of olive oil. And now the time had come for her debt to be paid. So the the creditor, instead of taking what was originally agreed upon, which in this case was, was money, um, He, the collectors had decided that they would take more than what was bargained for to reconcile that lack of payment. Okay, so that same debt that we're reading about today and and in the experience with the creditors, that can happen in our own lives with, with sin. It can happen with problems that we encounter. It can happen with relationships. It It can happen with finances. It could be addictions. It will take more and more from you until we're unable to continue to pay the deficit. And then it's gonna take more important things from you. If If you're taking notes, there's one really big thing I want you to write today. Your debt may start out petty, but it ends up becoming personal. What starts out small will take more and more and more of you until you're compromising on the things that you nev- was never in the agreement in the first place. Do you think the widow, when she met with her creditors, said, if I can't give you money, then you can take my two sons? No, th- her sons were very dear to her, very, very near and close to her. And so, but the debt had begun eating and eating away. And finally they said, well, if we can't have what we initially agreed upon, we're gonna take something a little bit more important. The idea of debt becoming personal is something that's not really new to, to a lot of us. You know, the thought of like, I have to keep up my image. You know, I have to have the nicest clothes. I have to have the nice house. I have to have the nicest cars. But in the process, I can't pay my car note. Or maybe 
I have credit card debt. Can't pay my credit card bill. And I don't know how to get out of this hole I put myself in because I keep going and going and going. Money doesn't always equal peace, okay? That's something that, that a lot of us need to hear this morning is money doesn't always equal peace. Or that drug, that bottle, that food, that relationship, it's not doing what it used to for me. Let me turn to something else. Let me expose myself to it in higher doses until finally it begins taking away your health. It begins taking your sobriety. It can take away your emotional well-being. Here's a big one. This one, this one whenever it's talked about, it gets kind of quiet in the church. But the porn I watch isn't doing it for me anymore. Let me find different ways to consume it until you find yourself in a spot where you're compromising your marriage, you're compromising your family's well-being because you have a sex addiction that you don't have control of anymore. We all struggle with debt in one way or another. But there's good news. And that good news is that the Lord wants to pay your debt, okay? He wants to supply that deficit. He wants to give you the harvest that you need to find your way out of that. So let's, let's examine a little bit closer our widow this morning and see how the Lord moved through her and, and, and gave her opportunities to pay that deficit that needed to be paid. So let's go back to 2 Kings 4.2. It says, what can I do to help you? Elisha asked. Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she replied, nothing at all except for a flask of olive oil. But we can infer that she had two more things other than the flask of olive oil. We know that physically, that was all she had in her house. But emotionally and spiritually, she had two things. She had hope and she had faith. Okay? The widow's harvest started with a seed of hope. And I want to let you guys know that this morning, your harvest starts with a seed of hope. All right? She came to Elisha with that seed, that the Lord would save her from her debt. She would, if she didn't have that seed of hope, she would have never went to Elisha in the first place. She, would, she might have been spending quality time with her family because I'm only going to have you for a little bit longer. Let me just enjoy this time. But no, she had that seed of hope and she acted on it. Romans 12, 12 says, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. So we need to rejoice. That seed of hope, we need to rejoice in that. That is a gift from God. So the seed to her entire harvest, to all the debt that needed to be paid, it started with the hopefulness that God would, would deliver her from her debt. The next thing that she did was she watered that seed of hope with her faith. Faith acts as the water for the harvest. Now, I, I consulted my local botanist, my garden specialist. I think that she's working with babies this morning, but Kari Stevens. Um, she knows infinitely more about plants than I do. 
And of course she accepted it with humility, like, oh, I'm not a professional and all my plants die. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but she does know a lot more about it than I do. So I, I had to ask her some questions. And uh, so I asked her, how long should you wait to water a freshly planted seed? Anyone have any guesses? So that's actually a trick question. You, you want your soil to be moist before ever planting the seed. And just as faith acts as water for, the, for our seed of hope, the soil needs to be damp with our faith and with our relationship of the Lord, with the Lord long before that seed of hope is ever planted. Right? Okay, so we know, we know that the soil needs to be moist before planting the seed. When do you stop watering your seed or your plant? Never. You're never supposed to stop. In fact, articles told me that the only time that you should stop watering your plant is if the intention is that the plant needs to die. A lack of faith is going to kill your hope. A lack of exercising your faith through praying, through finding relationship with, with not just God, but with other believers, other like-minded believers, a lack of that, and you're going to kill your hope. You're going to smother it. So how did our widow water her seed of hope with faith? Well, she followed the instructions that were given to her. In 2 Kings 4, 3 through 5, it says, And Elisha said, Borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and your neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from, the, from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her, and she filled one after another. Through following these instructions, the widow flexed her faith. Okay, she was working out that muscle of faith. I don't know about y'all, but sometimes I get into these kicks of where it's like, I'm gonna lose weight, I'm gonna get healthy, I'm gonna start exercising. And then you do that first exercise and you're just like, the next day you're like, oh, I don't wanna get out of bed. Oh no, and don't even get me started on the third day. Cause then you wake up and you've already got the ibuprofen next to your bed, your glass of water, and you're just like, oh, it's gonna be one of those days. But if you stick with it, if you stay consistent, Cameron, uh, he, he is, he's our resident uh, physical trainer. Man, is it, it, when you work with a client, is it easy for their first week? Is it easy for their first month? When does it start getting easier? Three months, 90 days. Okay, so in order to have the water to plant for your seed of harvest, you need to be constantly working out your faith, right? It might be tough the first time. You might wake up a little sore after you practice your faith the first time. And, and like I said, day three, you might be even more sore. But the thing is, is it gets easier the more you do it. Because you see, what if her neighbors were to ask what the jars were for and, and her pride got in the way and she was too embarrassed to answer in the fear that God wouldn't show up like he said he would. 
right? Like, what if, what if the, the thought crept into her mind that it didn't work out? And then she brought the jar back to her neighbor and they're like, there's no oil in here. And she's like, yeah, God didn't show up. But that's not God's character, right? God is constant. He's consistent. How often do we let our pride and our fear of embarrassment get in the way of God completing his promises to us? Because it definitely can. There's no question about it. We can't be embarrassed of the work that needs to go into our harvest. Because I want to put you guys at a point today where your faith overpowers your fear. Because it, it surely can. I want you guys to think of different accounts in scripture that we've heard. What, if, what would have happened if Moses was too afraid to go before Pharaoh to see about letting the Israelites go from slavery? They, they would have never made it to the promised land. What would have happened if Noah's pride kept him from building the ark? Ollie and I were just talking about this this morning. It had never rained before. No one had ever seen a boat before. And he's building this giant contraption and everyone's like, what is that for? And he's like, God told me that he's going to flood the earth. People thought he was crazy. What would have happened had David been too afraid to face Goliath, who was two and a half times his size? I don't know about y'all, but if I saw a guy that was two and a half times my size, I might would run the other direction. But David knew that the Lord had promised them a victory over the Philistines. And so he marched into battle with the Lord at his side. Through flexing their faith, they overpowered their fear. So how do we challenge ourselves to make sure that we're putting our faith before our fear? Well, that's a great question. I'm so glad that you asked. See, the first point is that we put faith over fear by knowing God's promises. We know God's promises are yes and what? Amen. What and amen? Yes. Okay, so I had to break that down one day because I was like, his, his promises are yes and amen. What does that mean? Yes means that they're guaranteed, okay? If you ask me, like, Ryan, if you ask me that if we can meet for lunch on Tuesday and I, I say, yes, what do you expect Exactly. The yes is the guaranteed. And the amen comes from the Hebrew, meaning it's confirmed. Okay? So his promises are yes and amen. They're guaranteed and confirmed. All right? So when we read about promises throughout God's word, like I have when Isaiah 40, 31 says, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Hope in the Lord and you will find renewal in your strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary and they will walk and not faint. Romans 8.28 says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. God is going to work it out for our good because we love him and he loves us right back. So we have to work on getting to know God's promises better so that we can continue to flex that faith, right? We need to act on those promises. <clears throat> the second way that we put faith over fear is by giving God the means that he needs. 
Sorry, Ryan. Do that to you. I'm a loud drinker. Um, <clears throat> so our widow, by, she practiced giving God the means that he needs by giving him all the space that she could find for him to pour out his blessing in his harvest. Now, it's not right for us to assume that if she only had three jars, that God would have only filled three jars. It, we, don't, we don't ever want to assume anything in the word. But what we do know is that God's character is constant and it doesn't change. So we're going to go to another story that kind of contrasts a bit of, of what we're seeing right here with the widow. It's found in 2 Kings 13, 14 through 19. And it says, when Elisha was in his last illness, King Jehoash of Israel visited him and wept over him. My father, my father, I see the chariots and charioteers of Israel, he cried. Elisha told him, get a bow and some arrows. And the king did as he was told. Elisha told him, put your hand on the bow. And Elisha laid his own hands on the king's hands. Then he commanded open that eastern window. And he opened it. And then he said, shoot. So he shot an arrow and Elisha proclaimed, this is the Lord's arrow, an arrow of victory over Aram. For you will completely conquer the, the Arameans. Ar, Arameans, I give you your best shot. Uh, Add effect. Then he said, now pick up the other arrows and strike them against the ground. So the king picked them up and struck the ground three times. One, two, three. But, it says, but, the man of God was angry with him. And he said, you should have struck the ground five or six times. Then you would have beaten Aram until it was entirely destroyed. Now you will be victorious only three times. King Jehoash did not give the Lord the means, or in this case, the room for God to pour out his full blessing. He capped the blessing at only three victories when the Lord wanted to give him twice as many. The Lord wants to bless you and he wants to pay your debt because ultimately the credit all rolls back to him. You know, think of, think of, testimonies that you've heard before where, where people are in some of the darkest times. If, if you've never heard, heard Joe Bloom's testimony, I recommend that you get coffee with him because his testimony is so strong. The Lord fulfilled and brought him a harvest, the harvest that he needed. And, and not just that, but, but the Lord brought him more than what he needed. And that all goes back to God because now Joe's able to share that with friends and family, and he's able to point all the glory to God and give him all the honor and praise. We can infer that King Jehoash inhibited God's full blessing because of the limits that he placed on God. Our widow, however, did not place these limits, okay? Due to her, the faith that she had, she already knew that we serve a limitless God. We, we know that we serve a God that cannot be capped. He can do the impossible. So she found every jar that she could and she started pouring and pouring and pouring because she wasn't about to cap the promise that God had given her. The third way that we put faith over fear is by taking the first step. The oil would have never started pouring 
had she not poured the oil to fill the first jar? What if she would have just went home and said, why waste the last thing I have? Why waste the, this perfectly good oil? What, what if I waste it? What if I start pouring and it fills half a jar and that's it, that's that. But she didn't. She went home and started pouring and pouring. She took those first steps out of her belief, out of her seed of hope. And with that, God used that to fill every last jar within her home. Second yeah. Kings 4 finishes off with, so she did as she was told. Her son kept bringing jars to her. Uh, excuse me. Um, lost my spot. Her sons kept bringing jars to her and she filled one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, now sell the olive oil and pay your debts and you and your sons can live on what is left over. You see, with the harvest, God didn't just pay her debts. He left them with more than what they needed. God's not just gonna honor his promises and grant your needs. He's going to leave you off better than you were before. So what is your harvest this morning? Maybe while I was talking about it, something sprung into your mind of, of something that, that you feel that it's starting to take more and more from you. And, and what was once petty is beginning to get personal. What's the debt in your life that can only be paid with the harvest? Everyone needs it. Everyone needs supplication in one way or another, because if we didn't, we wouldn't need the Lord. We'd be better off without him. But he knows that we need him. Maybe your debt is relationships. Do you need healthier ones? Well, by taking those first steps of faith, maybe it's you getting plugged into an anchor group and getting to know the people that attend here on, on more than just Sunday, getting to know them better and building those relationships. And not just that, because it might be a little uncomfortable the first time. Oh, I don't really know many people and I'm kind of an introvert and I'm kind of shy. But you know the Lord's calling you to get out of these toxic relationships. So you gotta keep flexing your faith and trusting that he's gonna take care of you while also taking your first steps. He's gonna bring you the rest of the way. Is your debt finances? Maybe you need to show God that you trust him more by giving him 10% and you going off of the 90 and expecting him to carry you through that. Maybe you'll be better off. The word says that you'll be better off that way than on the 100%. So let's follow his promise. Let's trust his promise. Maybe it's delivery from a sin. Whether it's a porn addiction or a pills addiction or delivery from a toxic relationship, or maybe it's, it's an anger problem that has hurt loved ones around you. Maybe it's emotions that are affecting you negatively, but it's not the manly thing to do to go and talk to a counselor about your emotions. Guys, I wanna tell you something this morning. I'm, I'm speaking to all my guys. This culture that, that we brought up of, you know, stifle your emotions, we need to break out of that because by, by not acknowledging the emotions that you're feeling, you're saying that, that God messed up whenever he made you. 
that God messed up whenever he made man. God gave you those emotions and he gave you ways to cope with those emotions, okay? So we gotta break out of that, that, that toxic masculinity. I'll call it what it is. I wanna tell you this morning that God wants to pay your debts. God wants to pay whatever it is that's nagging at you, whatever has come become personal or whatever is becoming personal. Even if it's still petty, we gotta get it handled today because it will grow and it will grow. He wants to produce a harvest in you so that this debt doesn't have to become personal. He wants to help you through this. In fact, God wants to pay your debt so badly. We see evidence of this in scripture. He wants to pay your debt so badly that he sent his only son to die on the cross for your sins. He knew that there was no way that he could ever commune with us without covering for our sins because God can't exist with sin. He is a perfect God and sin is imperfect. But we see evidence of his love and how desperately he wanted to pay our harvest by sending his only son on the cross for us. You have to plant your seed. It all starts with a seed of faith. Now you have to build the foundation too. If you're, if you need, if you're struggling to build your foundation, I urge you, find yourself in communion with the Lord. Again, it goes back to the workout routine. It might be kind of difficult waking up 15 minutes early on the first day or second day to make sure that you have that, that quality time with the Lord. But I guarantee you, if you're consistent and you stick with it by day 30, it's gonna become easier. By day 60, it'll be even easier. And who knows, by, may, by day 90, maybe you're waking up 30 minutes earlier or 45 or an hour because that is how much your relationship with the Lord has grown and you want to build it and nurture it. So it starts with that, that foundation of faith continually watering your seed of hope. And then you have to trust in his enduring faithfulness and start pouring your oil, start pouring your harvest. The harvest is already within you. It's called the Holy Spirit. He is our comforter. And it's gonna start flowing. It may take some time. It may be kind of tough. It may take a week, it may take a month, it may take six months, may take a year. I, I can't give you a time period, but what I can tell you and what I can promise you is that the harvest is coming. Everyone has a harvest. You just have to make sure that you nurture it right and you nurture it correctly. Because once that oil starts flowing, you're gonna see overflow and outpouring. And he's not just gonna give you what you need to pay your debt, but he's gonna leave you better off. If I could just ask y'all to stand up on your feet. And we're just, we're gonna, if you wouldn't mind, just bowing your heads, closing your eyes. This moment that that we're about to go into. It's, it's not between you and your neighbor. It's not between you and, and, and who's sitting behind you, who could look at you. It's not between you and me. It's not between you and the band. It's between you and it's between the Lord. And so if, you, if this message spoke to you and you're, you're just reflecting and, and you think, you know, I do have a debt. 
and maybe my debt has become kind of personal or maybe I see it becoming personal or maybe I just wanna avoid it becoming personal at all. Just do me a favor. I want you to just lift your hand up, put it right back down, just really quick. Thank you. Thank you. And then there's another group that I wanna speak to this morning. And that is the group of, of maybe you don't know where to get started. Maybe, maybe you think that you don't know where to start whenever it comes to your seed of hope. Maybe you feel like you don't have any hope or maybe you don't know where to start whenever it comes to watering that seed. You're thinking, I don't even know if I, if I know God. I don't even know if I can act on, on this relationship with God that he spoke about. I'm here today to tell you that if you need that hope, we serve the hope for every soul. We serve the one who came to die for us. An innocent man came to die for us and take on our sins so that we could be in relationship with God so that he could give us this harvest that he's promised. If that's you this morning, if you're asking yourself, I don't know where I stand with God, just raise your hand for me and you can put it right back down. Thank you, Lord. Well, we're gonna, we're gonna pray this morning and we're gonna provide a covering for anyone that raised their hand this morning. And again, this is a personal moment, okay? It's not one-on-one time with me and you. It's one-on-one time with you and the Holy Spirit. And so as I pray, I want you to begin to pray your own prayer in your heart. Call on him. Tell him, assure him that you're going to take that step of faith because you want your faith to overpower your fear. Lord, we just come before you right now. And I just, I thank you so much for the word that you supplied this morning, the word that you provided. Lord, I just ask that each and every person in this room would see the delivery from their debts, that they would see the harvest that you've promised them, that you can continue to equip them like never before, that that starting even after we walk out of here, starting at that very minute that our lives would be changed and that we would begin getting to know you better, watering that seed of hope with faith, Lord God. I ask for a change of hearts, Lord God, that you would just, that your Holy Spirit would just shower your way down and just change our lives forever. And Lord, I just want to pray for those that want to get to know you more, that want to have an eternal relationship with you, Lord. I thank you so much for your son that died on the cross for our sins. And Lord, I just ask that that we can get closer to you and get to know you better, Lord God. And it's this I pray all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we give a shout of praise to the Lord this morning? Let's get loud. Thank you for joining us for this message. If you'd like to learn more about Anchor Chapel or support our ministries, you can visit anchorchapel.com or follow us on social media at Anchor Chapel. Have a great week.